my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive, six, seven, eight, feeling great. Hello, BYWG Tribe. Here is a quick peek at our supplement product and book of the month for February 2020. At the end of the podcast, I will spend a few minutes going into further detail, so we encourage you to listen to the end. The supplement of the month for February 2020 is Vitamin D3 Boost. This is our newest advanced formulation, combining all the benefits of Vitamin D3, Vitamin K2, Magnesium, and MCT oil. The 10% discount code for the entire month is, and it's all lowercase, VITD10. The product of the month for February is Juve, Red Light Therapy Devices. I personally own the Juve Mini and Juve Go and use them both daily. The book of the month for February is Cancer and the New Biology of Water by Dr. Tom Cowan. Hands down, my personal favorite book of 2019. Keep in mind, all the links, discount codes, and special offers for the product, supplement, and book will be listed in the show notes on iTunes, post on social media, and our weekly newsletter, and on our website at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com at the Listen Now tab. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast. Today, our guest is Dean Pullman from Man Flow Yoga. Dean has been on the past with a great interview that you could check out on our website, Archives. As many of you know, I've been practicing yoga for five years, and it's absolutely transformed my life. Dean is on my Yoga Jedi Council. How are you, my friend, and welcome back. Hey, Noah, thanks for having me back. Excited to be here. Cool, cool. Dean, you know... We both follow health trends, you know, whether it be paleo, keto, carnivore, bulletproof coffee, fat as fuel, microbiome, epigenetics, the list can go on and on. But recently, <laughs> I've seen a trend in muscle, primarily building healthy muscle for longevity, healthy aging, to st stave off sarcopenia in the later ages of life. Um, it's all of a sudden, it's all over the place. So... Uh, this is when I thought it would be a great idea to have you on again. So let me do your bio, and we're going to dive right into this topic of using uh, yoga as a means to build muscle and to build strength. Sound good? Yeah, great. All right, cool. So Dean is a 200-hour certified yoga instructor and the founder of Manflow Yoga. Dean is widely considered to be an authority on yoga for men. He has worked with physical therapists to create yoga programs for back health and spinal recovery. His workouts and programs have been used by professionals and collegiate athletes, athletic trainers, and personal trainers, and have been recommended by physical therapists, doctors, chiropractors, and other medical professionals. Dean is a successfully published author through DK Publishing, Yoga Fitness for Men, selling 35,000 copies. I own one of those in English, French, and German. In addition, being a co-producer of the Body by Yoga DVD series, which has sold over 40,000 copies on Amazon since its release in 2016. Manful Yoga has been featured in Muscle and Fitness Magazine, Men's Health, The Chicago Sun, New York Magazine, and many other news media outlets. Manful Yoga has over 105,000 likes on Facebook, 76,000 subscribers on YouTube, and 18,000 followers on Instagram. So let's get right into it, Dean. How does yoga help to build muscle? Man, I'm just, I'm, I'm still, I'm still thinking about everything you just said. I'm like, wow, that <laughs> sounds really great. Thanks so, thanks so much. Um, yeah, we actually just put out another DVD, um, which just hit number one in all of Amazon's uh, exercise and fitness category, which is pretty cool. But yeah, yoga and muscle. Let's let's talk about that. Um, man, so there's so many ways that you can talk about this. Um, 
but mobility i like to think of mobility as the pyramid or sorry as the as the as the lowest foundation of the pyramid it is the base upon which fitness is built if you can't get your body into a certain position and exhibit control there and exhibit not going to be able to really build muscle or at some point you're going to run into limitation due to that lack of mobility and it's 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 going to hinder your progress with building muscle so the the first way that yoga helps to build muscle the first of many ways is helping you just to develop, develop that that uh that body awareness and the mobility to get into and 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 perform the exercises that you need to do to build strength. Yeah. Oh, it's what reason number two. Straight into it. All right, reason number two. Um, <laughs> something that that I realized. Um, this is a, this is this is a personal antidote, but something that I realized when I was doing yoga um, was that it was a great opportunity to really slow down and check in with your body. And I'm not just talking about being aware of, you know, just being aware of breathing or being aware of fitness guy. That meant, okay, let's feel these muscles engaging. Let's feel, um, let's feel around for the proper technique. Let's feel for, um, you know, let's feel for these subtle differences that moving your knee over here versus, you know, keeping your knee in another spot, how does that affect your glutes? How does that affect your quadriceps? How does that affect tension in your joints? So for me, I realized that yoga could be this amazing, uh, this amazing method of fitness for developing proper muscle activation. Um, and that's something that, um, not most most of their yogas don't really do that at all. There's no emphasis on you know engaging the proper muscles, um, unless you're you know unless you're doing a class specifically to learn uh, to learn the postures um, or to really really take a deep dive. But most yoga classes just have nothing to do with muscle activation. It's more about you know I don't need to talk about what it's more about, but it's what we do with manful yoga really focuses on that um, on that muscle activation aspect. So that was that's one way that is that's incredibly helpful. Another way that's incredibly helpful for building muscle is helping you to develop that body awareness or that muscle activation or that really it's really we say muscle activation we say body awareness but really it's strength it is strength at its most basic level um to be able to use those muscles to be able to recruit as many muscle fibers as possible so that we can so that we can use our muscles to their full extent so that's another way um that yoga is incredibly helpful at uh, at, at building muscle is just helping you have that that baseline of muscle activation or that baseline of strength so that you can use them when you exercise and then another way I'll I'll I'll, I'll just keep it at three reasons for now and I'm sure we'll get into a ton of other ways mm-hmm. but the other way that yoga is helpful for building muscle is because it's recovery um you can practice yoga in a variety of ways um you know if if someone tells me hey i do yoga i'm like what kind of yoga because <laughs> there's so many different ways to practice yoga you know you can do yoga at the one end of the spectrum you could be doing yoga where it's entirely you know an hour of you 
sitting on the ground and doing a guided meditation and talking about chakras. On the other end, it could be this extremely intense combination of isometric exercises and and calisthenics to help, you know, build strength and work up a sweat and actually, you know, work on cardio. So there's a, there's tons of different ways to practice yoga, but the third way that I want to focus on is the restorative aspect. So just taking that time to hold stretches for, um, you know, two or three minutes and let the muscles release tension so that they can recover. Um, you know, so many of us, uh, especially the former athlete, CrossFit who like doing really intense workouts, we like we like doing those, you know, those really, like I said, those intense workouts, those those uh, those hard hitting workouts where it's balls to the wall. But if we don't do the restorative exercises, if we don't take time to stretch, um, you know, you're, you're actually limiting your gains because we're only we're only get stronger when we're recovering. You know, the workout itself is calculated stress on the body. So when we actually take the time to to stretch and recover, you're not only going to feel better, you're also going to build muscle more quickly. So those are three ways I think that are that are most important um, or that just that are at top of mind for um, for building muscle and, and how yoga can fit into that. Yeah, you know, when most people think of yoga, Dean, and I know you know this, and you thought, I think you thought this, and maybe still think this, and I did at one point too, is, you know, you go to a yoga class, it's it's a some sort of flow, there's definitely mobility and stretching and lots of breathing, but the idea of actually building physical muscle and increasing your strength is probably low on the totem pole. And, and f- me for one, and this is not only, you know, you, you're called, your company's called Manful Yoga, but I, this is for men or women. This has, this is not gender specific at all. Uh, I think Correct. that there needs to be a, a bigger emphasis on building muscle through yoga. And I, I know you're doing this. I know your programs are doing it. Uh, like I mentioned in the beginning, uh, this is becoming top of mind. We see it, whether it's Dr. Mercola whether it's Dave Asprey, uh, you name it. They're all talking about muscle. Uh, ben Greenfield, they're all talking about muscle, different ways to build muscle, different ways to efficiently um, and effectively build stronger muscle, whether it's katsu bands or blood flow restriction. But I, I think and I know yoga has a huge, huge part in that. And, and it's something that's frustrated me, and I absolutely love the yoga studio I go to. But I've had conversations with the, the owner of the studio on working upper body strength because uh, for some reason, most yoga classes almost totally neglect upper body strength. And it drives me crazy. And it's it's forced me to do <laughs> things a little bit differently to build it. I'm, a, I'm tall. You know, Dean, I'm 6'4". I'm 170. I'm tall, thin, and lean. But that's something that I have to put a lot of effort mm-hmm. into to, um, to build my upper body strength. I... Personally, I could do a ton of pull-ups. I could do a, an extremely long plank, all different varieties, but I still cannot do 50 push-ups in one, one, one setting. I could do 50 push-ups, but it'll take me two. And, uh, and that's, that's one of my goals. And, and, and like, as you said, recovery, uh, yoga allows me to do my push-ups and my pull-ups and my planks and all those body type exercises. And then in between, 
do my yoga to allow to elongate those muscles, strengthen those muscles, and recovery, recover those muscles in a totally different way. Thought? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any comment so, or commentary practicing on that? yoga? Yeah. So, so specifically on the upper body thing, I, I'm going to have to agree with your yoga, you, you know, your the yoga instructor and the head of the yoga studio. Yoga is just not fantastic for building upper body muscle. Um, it's just, it's not, unfortunately. I mean, when it, it's, it's, it's so much easier to do, you know, like 10 to 15 minutes of resistance training than it would be to do, you know, like you could build your upper body with yoga. Um, you, you could do, you know, you could spend tons of time doing up dogs but it would just be it would be very repetitive and it would it would it would be you know there's just more effective ways of doing it but the way that yoga does help to build muscle is you you can you can kind of kind of insert in exercises that you might find in physical therapy into the flow of a yoga class um, to help with strengthening muscles that are traditionally weak. So, like, let's take a let's take a let's take an upper body exercise for example, like an overhead press, right? Mm-hmm. Dumbbell overhead press. Most people don't have the mobility in their shoulders to actually do a proper overhead press, right? Most people have to arch their back. Uh, to be able to press straight up. And when they do that, it means that you're working your pecs more than you are working your, your upper back and your shoulder muscles and your core becomes unengaged. And, you know, it just, it's, it's just not the, it's not the best, it's not the best way to strengthen your shoulders when you're doing it with that improper technique. But what you can do is you can, you can do certain exercises and we do this in my strength foundations course a lot. Like when you, you just lay flat on your chest, forehead down on the ground, and we do these prone stability exercises, uh, these prone scapular stability exercises where, you know, you're lifting your arms out in a Y. So think, uh, think of the, uh, think back to the, the planking sensation that was, uh, that was viral a few years ago with people just laying down flat on their, you know, flat on their face and flat down on their chest. And then extend your arms out in front of you in a Y. And then lift your arms overhead and hold that as high as you can for 30 seconds. It's tremendously difficult to do that uh, because most of us don't have the strength or the mobility to be able to do that. Uh, but doing things like that, inserting uh, those types of, again, those types of exercises that you might find in physical therapy into the flow of a yoga workout um, can be tremendously helpful for helping you um, to build to build a baseline strength of mobility uh, that will translate into some upper body, uh, upper body, uh, upper body strength. But really the big way that yoga can be helpful, um, I think is by again, using that flow that's involved in the yoga class to do exercises that we might only traditionally do in a physical therapy setting, uh, to, to focus on, um, isolation exercises that specifically target muscles that have atrophied as a result of weakness, or for most of us, it's as a result of inactivity. Um, so targeting things like rectus femoris, um, your glutes, uh, targeting your VMO, um, 
targeting these muscles that are that are traditionally weak but especially if you've had previous injury and, and almost everyone I have conversations with has had knee issues or, or, or back issues at some point um, we all have a dominant leg we tend to favor if you kick with your right leg that means that your left leg is dominant if you kick with your right leg that means that um, or sorry if you kick with your left leg that means that your your right leg is then dominant so we we have these imbalances and and doing these really these very slow controlled or even static um, isometric exercises um, not only help to uncover those balances but they help us they help us build strength in those areas that we might not know about um, when you're doing something that's that's uh, that's faster moving when you're doing something like weight training you're doing something um, like crossfit so I hope that I hope that uh, helps kind of shed shed some light on how how uh, how you can make how you can make yoga um, more effective for building muscle. So the slowing down things, the isometric exercises, and then also using the yoga flow as an opportunity to insert in some, some non-traditional yoga exercises that are really effective for building muscle and building a baseline of mobility. Uh, do you find, like you said, working through a flow better at building muscle or holding a particular posture for a length of time? Or is that those two different types of strength that we're talking about there? There, there are two different types of strength, but I would say that the isometric exercises are better for building strength. Um, and, and most of my workouts emphasize the isometric strength building. Um, you know, the flow is fun and it's good for, it's good for practicing coordination. Um, it's good for practicing body awareness and, 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 and movement. Uh, but as far as building strength, you're, you're, you know, as far as, as far as I can tell, um, you're building much more strength when you're actually holding an exercise and doing it as opposed to moving out of it. Um, so in terms of maybe, maybe if you're, if you're, if your goal is to, to kind of loosen things up and, and release lactic acid, then, you know, doing a flow format is great, but, if you hold a pose, if you're only holding a pose for one breath, you're not going to be able to build a significant amount of muscle, um, or really hold it. You're really not going to be able to take, to have the necessary time to develop that body awareness or that muscle activation. So I, I prefer to practice yoga in a way that focuses on the isometric strengthening rather than on, um, on the flow. And when you, when you have these conversations with yogis, um, you know, they, they're like, well, I want to flow. I'm like, well, that's not going to fix your posture because you're flowing from like, you know, you're, you're, you're flowing back to your forward folds and your, you know, your excessive, your excessive, uh, spinal flexion as opposed to holding it, um, as opposed to holding your spine in, in extension and really working on correcting your posture. So, um, you know, yogis really like that flow aspect, but as far as an effective workout for building muscle, it's it's not really a really effective. And, and you can see this when you look at yoga instructors who who you know it's their job to teach yoga, and they do one or two yoga flows a day, but their body composition doesn't really suggest that they work out for two hours a day because you know, and they're they're healthy otherwise. But they're, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of, it, it's, 
and it, you know, there's obviously other factors involved, genetics and, and, you know, other lifestyle factors. But, but when you look at most yoga instructors and you look at people who are only doing yoga workouts, they're not super, you know, they're, they don't, they're not super jacked, I guess. They're, they don't have a ton of muscle definition. Um, and it's because just yoga flows in general are, are, are on their own. Um, aren't great as a, as a, as a primary form of fitness for building muscle. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've looked at, I love yoga. I love what yoga has done for me from a variety of reasons, but I, I look at it as, as not my sole form of exercise. I run once a week. I do a speed workout once a week. I do strength, uh, building exercises several times a week. Um, but I, I look at yoga just enhancing every bit of those, allowing me to run faster, uh, allowing me to work out harder. I'll give you a perfect example, Dean. I historically was a runner through high school, through college, the whole mm-hmm. thing. And I ran, I ran, I ran, I ran marathons. I ran Spartans before, before they were called Spartans. I ran the halves, the whole thing. And once I had kids, I just stopped running, just stopped. I couldn't get out of the house, uh, did different forms of exercise. And then I had my two kids, and then my older son found an affinity to running. He's having a uh, – I, I thought he would be a good runner. Started slowly running with him at the end of uh, eighth grade, and now he's in freshman in high school, and he's having a fantastic cross-country winter track and soon outdoor track as a freshman. And I was amazed at how I hadn't run in years – but as soon as I decided to start running again, I picked it up and my times were nearly as good as they were 10 years ago. And I liken that to being strong, wow. being flexible, being mobile, and just being active. And I attribute that a lot to just uh, just being healthy, um, moving my body, mobility, strengthening, working on my core, working on my breathing without ever running one bit. And I attribute that a lot to yoga for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting that I don't I don't know how to, what younger would qualify as, but you know, let's let's say when you're 24 and younger, you you don't really understand that strengthening your core and strengthening you know, strengthening your hip muscles and and uh, strengthening your scapular stabilizers has such a huge effect, or, or improving your overall mobility has such a huge, um, hugely positive impact on your overall fitness. But when you start to get smarter and you do start to work on that, you know, you get you you do that for a couple of years, and then you go back to something that you were doing before, and you're like, oh wow, this like. This feels a lot better. I might I might not be doing quite as much weight or going as fast as I used to be, but I do, it doesn't hurt anymore. Like this feels good, you know. Yeah. So I don't know if we're ever going to be able to convince the youths that uh, <laughs> that that they should work on um, that they should be working on you know these intrinsic strength elements rather than doing bench press. Um, but I think as long as we figure it out before the you know before we're sixty. And even if you figure it out at 60, hey, it's a, it's an opportunity to to work on at 60. But hopefully we're uh, maybe the maybe the older generation of strength training on their on their way out will uh, the the new people coming in will will put more emphasis on on core strengthening and on mobility. Um, 
but yeah, when you when you when you do work on that, it does have these uh, these very noticeable results on any type of fitness fitness that you're doing. Yeah, and, and I think that's the beauty of yoga. Really, whether it is your sole form of exercise or it's not, it can be integrated into anything you do. Uh, even in our studio, the the uh, the, the head yoga and, uh, the owner of the studio, she always says, you know, yoga is going to allow you to do whatever you want to do better. And you know what? I totally agree, Dean. I 100% agree on that statement. 100% agree. What um, if I was to ask you, uh some sort of mini routine or series of yoga postures to build strength in the in what you consider the most important areas to build strength could you do that for us right now without you know pinpointing well i know you have the courses and the classes and the dvds and the youtube training but just something top of mind mm -hmm. what would you say to outline you know a a good rhythm to build some strength yeah so there's a, there's a, there's a few poses that come to mind and I'm going to give you the, and, and here's my, I'll, before I do that, I'm going to give you my methodology for doing this. Yeah. There are a lot of yoga postures and there's a lot of body weight exercises that are good for building strength. I'm going to give you the yoga posture are uniquely helpful that considering you're doing, let's consider that you're doing other exercises, you're doing traditional weight training, or you're, you're doing some other traditional calisthenics. These are the exercises that are not only going to be helpful for strength training, but are also helpful because you're not getting these types of movements from your other workouts. So the first thing that comes to mind is a is, a, is what's called a boat pose. And this is really important for transverse abdominal strength and also for um, hip flexor and rectus femoris strength. Um, what I really like about this exercise is it is it really forces you to strengthen those muscles. It really forces you to build awareness in those muscles. Um, and, and the more you practice it, the more you'll start to realize just how often your transverse abdominals are used in other, in other exercises. Um, personal antidote here I, I used to do you know a fair amount of weighted back squats but I almost never felt it in my core and since restarting weight training consistently and really integrating all the stuff that I've learned uh, from you know my, my quote-unquote journey with doing yoga and, and, and learning more about muscle activation my core is sore for days now after I do back squat or after I do deadlifts. And it never was before because I just didn't know how to use those muscles. So boat pose, I think, is a great place to start. Some other exercises are uh, a simple high lunge exercise. And a high lunge is basically just a lunge except you're holding it. And this is really good because – it helps you to develop hip strength. It helps you develop glute activation. It helps you work on core awareness. There's also hip mobility involved, um, and there's a bit of balance involved. If you're not really used to this exercise, it's really good for balance. Um, I like this for a number of reasons, um, but it, but some other reasons are also that it just is really good for countering being in a seated position. Um, it's good for posture. It's good for releasing tight hip flexors. It's good for balance and ankles and body awareness. But um, that's something that I recommend recommend people do on a daily basis. And that's actually every every morning when I get back from walking my dogs before I go in. 
minute on both sides. So it's just something that works its way into my day on a, on a daily basis. And that's something that I consider to be absolutely critical to my overall wellness. Another pose is uh, called a chair pose. And a, and a chair pose is really great. It's kind of a squat modification. And a chair pose is cool because it forces you to work on engaging your glutes while maintaining a neutral spine with a completely engaged core. So chair pose is awesome as a warm-up for any activity. I don't care if you're running, if you're about to do some landscaping, or you're working on your garden. Um, I like to work on my garden a lot. That's why I'm bringing this up. Um, But, oh, good. Oh, gosh. Let's make another podcast just on gardening. We can. No problem. (laughs) I don't know. You, I don't know if anyone would, no one would listen except us. <laughs> we were gonna do actually we're gonna do that, you know. Maybe we'll do a stream a stream yard, like a live thing on that one day, just for shits and giggles. <laughs> I'm right. down. Let's uh, do it. We uh, will, we will. All right, back but, um, to chair but, pose. But but chair pose. Yeah, so we're we're back into it. All right. So so chair pose is a really good one for for just a just making sure that your posterior chain is 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 going, but also so that you're working on your and then also it's even got some shoulder opening and scapular stability if you want it. Um, so those are three that come to top of mind. Um, cobra is a really good one as well. And I, I almost always do Cobra instead of up dog because most people don't do up dog correctly at all. Coke, excuse me, Cobra can be um, fantastic um, not only as a stretch but also as a hip and core strengthener. Um, and the magic really happens when you when you go through every aspect of Cobra, of the posture, all the way from your toes up through the top of your head, um, and include every part of your body and do every little part that goes into that pose. That's where the magic really happens. Not from just looking at what someone else is doing, not just looking at someone else doing Cobra, and then you know mirroring them, but really understanding all the different elements that go into it. And I. I've definitely got a video where I walk people through Cobra pose and I'm going to have you put that in the show notes. Noah. So you can, you can see just how, just how effective it is when you, all right. So we've got boat pose. We've got the high lunge. We've got chair pose. Um, we've got Cobra. Um, I guess the next exercise I would say is a pigeon. I mean, we've, we've, all this stuff at this point has been active strengthening. Um, but pigeon is just an external hip rotator stretch. But most of us, if you haven't done yoga before, you, you haven't done a pigeon, a pigeon. I, I went, you know, I, I did, I played sports and I worked out for 20 years before I encountered pigeon. Um, so pigeon is just an incredible for your hips, it's going to help you get deeper into squats. It helps with relieving back pain due to hip tightness. Um, it also targets your hip flexors. It can work on your posture, um, helps with your knees. So pigeon is is a game changer in terms of in terms of a, a, a stretch, and and that's one other uniquely yoga, um, you know, one stretch that's unique to yoga that I haven't encountered in, in a lot of other types of fitness that I would highly recommend, you know, you, you, you do at least three times per week. Yeah. Let me, let me comment. So I'm going to end it at that five. Yeah. Let me, let me comment on those a little bit. And if you have anything to add, please do. Boat. Interesting thing about boat is 
is that there's so many variations. You can work your lower abs, your upper abs, your your transverse, like you said, transverse. Uh, you can use do a ball. You could rotate. I mean, it's an incredible exercise. You could do an entire 30 minutes just on the different variations on boat. Um, so I I, I mm -hmm. totally agree on boat. High lunge. Just to comment on high lunge and or Anjaneyasana, um, it's amazing to me, Dean, that as as active as I am. And I'm not the most active person, but I'm pretty active that no matter when I do Anjaneyasana, which is low lunge or high lunge or hold them, how how tight my hip flexors still are, even though I'm doing them almost every day and I'm moving <laughs> and I'm not sitting. It, and it, yeah. somebody that never does a, a high lunge or a low lunge, um, it, it's like torture for them. Thoughts on yeah. that? I mean, it, it I, I, it's a crucial, it's a crucial exercise for, for a variety of reasons, for a variety of reasons. So yeah, two thoughts that people are sitting all day. So, you know, even if you're active and even if you work out for an hour a day, you're still sitting all day. You know, your, your workout isn't going to undo eight hours of sitting. You have to do more than, you know, you have to do more than just you have to do more than just get up and do your workout and then outside of just sitting down if you want to have not, you know, mobile and and unrestricted hip flexors. But the other aspect of that is is the um, you know, the opposing muscle group here, which is your glutes. Most people have pretty weak glutes and when your glutes are weak, that's going to make your hip flexors uh it's going to anger your hip flexors. So your hip flexors might be you know, might be okay, but they have to make up for that glute weakness. And that's going to, uh, that's going to result in, you know, um, and tightness. So oftentimes, like when I, when I, when instead of stretching my hip flexors, I'll actually just do glute strengthening because I know that sometimes, uh, passive stretching for the hip flexors is not going to feel good if my glutes have been pretty inactive. So I'll do, um, you know, instead of doing, you know, a lunge, I'll actually do some, some bridges or some some hip thruster like exercises to get my glutes to to take the pressure out of my hip flexors yeah i agree it's 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 super important third one was chair pose chair pose is another one like you said you could it could work your scapula stabilizers you know you could hold a chair for a long time and that's a challenge for anyone um, it's a challenge to do chair pose correctly as well. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's harder. It's harder to do correctly than most people think. But you could do uh, you could do twists with chair pose. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on chair. Cobra's great. Cobra camel. Uh, I, I I gravitate more towards um, the upward facing dog um, through chaturanga. But you know maybe I should focus more on cobra, or at least holding it more often. I'll have to investigate that for sure. And the surprising one was number five, pigeon. I always looked at pigeon as more of a hip mobility, uh, you know, hip opening exercise as opposed to a strength building exercise. Very interesting. Very, very. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, maybe I misunderstood your maybe I misunderstood your question at the beginning, and and in terms of strength building, but pigeon. I would actually, you know, I didn't, I did say that based on a, based on a stretch. Right. But the thing is that you can make pigeon strengthening about this yet. But one way that you can really make yoga into, uh, into more of a strength building workout and in the way that you can translate, um, passive flexibility into active mobility 
you want to get, get yourself into, you know, a stretch or a posture or whatever it is. So let's, let's use pigeon as the example here. So get yourself into a pigeon and, you know, get into a range of motion that you feel comfortable, but it's not, it's not too deep to the point that you're, you're uncomfortable. So pick something at like a five or a six intensity. Don't do like an eight or a nine here. And then when you're in that position, when you're, when you're, you're deep into pigeon and you're like, okay, this is, this feels okay. Then I want you to think about moving whichever hip you're stretching. So if your right leg is in front of you and pigeon, I want you to think about lifting your right leg off the ground or, or, or moving that right leg unassisted, right? So you're not using the ground to move that leg. You're not using your hand to give a manual assist, but you're actually working on motor control in that right leg while you're stretching it. And if you can do that, and if you can apply that to other yoga postures as well, that's when you're going to notice tremendous improvements in your mobility. Not when you're just doing a passive stretch and, and you know, holding it, but when you're actually trying to move your body and, and, and build strength and control in that extended position. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, well said, well said. The, you know, the interesting to, to just, you, you talked, you mentioned physical therapy, uh, a couple times, you, integrating physical therapy type things into your yoga practice. Uh, it always, I always get a chuckle when I walk back into our physical therapy room with our physical therapist and he's working, he's doing yoga type postures on, on, on the patients. <laughs> um, I can't tell you how often I'm walking in and somebody's on the floor doing pigeon or someone's doing cat cow or they're doing a, you know, a version of, uh, of, uh, you know, upward or downward facing dog. It just, it really, uh, it actually puts a smile on my face, to be honest with you, Dean, because it, it just shows how it's slowly creeping into just about every type of, of exercise, movement, and physical therapy. So I like seeing that. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, I wonder which came first, honestly. Yeah. Because I think what, 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 uh, what a lot of people don't realize about yoga, especially the people who teach yoga, is that it, it, uh, it's a relatively new invention. Um, it's, it's not something that's been around for, you know, people haven't been doing up dogs and down dogs for thousands of years. You know, so the yoga, when it was founded, um, however many thousands of years ago by Patanjali, um, I, I, I won't get, I won't pretend that I, that I am well versed in yoga philosophy. Um, but, Yoga as fitness back then, there weren't all these postures. We didn't have humble warrior and warrior three and down dog and up dog. The only thing that people were doing was sitting in a cross-legged position. That's it. There were no other like – and then there was – Cobra developed in I want to say like the 6th or the 7th century. I, there's a book on that will go into more detail on this called The Science of Yoga that actually goes and tracks where – you know when all these poses came about. But – Modern quote unquote yoga has only existed for less than a hundred years. It's it's a combination of British gymnastics, uh, of of so you know a lot of of a lot of what people will see and associate with yoga is actually not yoga, but that's how that's how they see it most often. Yeah, as far as far as yeah, anyway, I think it's just I think it's kind of funny. Yeah. As far as my understanding is, is that yoga was traditionally, however you want to call it, created to allow people to sit in meditation postures for a long, long period of time. That's from what my understanding, and that's how it started, whatever five thousand yeah, years ago. 
that's one thing I've yeah that's one thing I've heard as well. All right, but so, yeah, as far as like all of these new postures, <laughs> relatively new, very new. Yeah. So let's uh, let's just do a little bit of commercial because I, I love what you do and people need to hear it. Tell tell us a little bit about um, your book, your DVDs, your websites, all the different things, your retreats. Uh, go for it, man. Just let everybody know. All of it. All right. Well, the the main way that I teach, you know, what I do with Manful Yoga is by providing programs and workouts through my members area. So that is the main, you know, that is what I spend most of my time on. That is where most of my energy goes, uh, where I put most of my energy. So we've got over 40 programs in there. Um, I put out of tutorials and wellness videos and a really pretty awesome community um, behind uh, that members area. So that's 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 most of what I do is that members area through manflowyoga.com. Uh, but I also have these other things that I've created um, to, you know, to, to help people on different uh, different channels. So my book, book Yoga Fitness for Men, um, which uh, I think is now has sold over 40,000 copies, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and it will be, ch- uh, so that's an awesome, that's an awesome resource for learning more about the postures. Um, I made that book with intention that anyone who has, you know, who has never done yoga before will be able to pick up that book, follow and learn the, the poses, but also use, um, the routines and program section in it to actually get started doing yoga consistently um uh, my body by my my dvd brand is called body by yoga and that's where we put out um very meticulously created programs because it's it's for a dvd you know we don't so those are very meticulously created programs for specific usually for specific purposes um you know so we have one that is a that is a uh, a beginner friendly yoga program for people who wouldn't normally do yoga, people who are inflexible, uh, people who don't want the spiritual aspects of yoga, uh, people who want to learn about the postures as they're doing them. And then we have a bunch of other programs like a yoga for athletes program. We have a power yoga program. We just put out um, a new DVD called Yoga Fix. That's what I was talking about at the beginning. And that's a five day system of 20 minute workouts for absolute big. Be- uh, that's a that's an easier program, but still very effective and includes a lot of the stuff that I talked about in this podcast with um, with uh, with building a, a solid foundation of strength and mobility. Um, and then we also have yoga mats. Uh, we, we released yoga mats about a year ago, ago and those have been incredibly uh, popular. Um, they're the they are often they float in and out of number one for uh, the cork yoga mat. Uh, on Amazon. So that's, that's a, that's a, that's the cliff notes version of, of what I do. Dean, I want, I want to give you a, a, a ridiculous plug on one of your products. Your, your, this, your sunglasses, the Manflow sunglasses, they're like the only, oh, God. they're the only <laughs> sunglasses that friggin' fit like perfectly on my face. I can't, I can't explain it. I have a couple pairs. I have a brand new pair getting ready to go when we go on a cruise in, in, uh, in April, but they are, they're like my, oh favorite, boy. they're like my favorite sunglasses and they're cheap. <laughs> oh baby. 
All right. The, they were they were a dollar and forty seven cents. So there you go. Yeah, the best ever. <laughs> <laughs> so the last question: What is your routine from waking to sleeping every day? I have a very specific morning routine. Um, I will wake up anytime between six forty five and eight o'clock, depending on you know how I slept the night before, depending on if I did a workout the day before. And I will go to the kitchen, make myself a glass of water, mix in some sea salt, and then I'll start making my morning smoothie and my coffee. Once I finish with that, I'll take the dogs on a 15-minute walk. Before I get back inside from that walk, I will do anywhere. I'll get back inside. I'll make breakfast. Um, and my breakfast is always some form of eggs and carbs. So that's either... Um, tortillas with with eggs, scrambled eggs, or um, or tamales. And uh, the reason for that is I'm trying to put on more muscle, and I followed conventional fit, fitness advice for years and years, and uh, I got really skinny as a result. So so I am I am uh, in 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 repair mode. Um, I've, I've put on probably 20 pounds of muscle in the last two years. Uh, not of muscle. I would say about 10 of that is 10 to 15 pounds of that is well needed fat. Um, but I've put on a, a lot of, a lot of weight. Um, and, and I feel much better anyways. Um, and then I will get my phone out and then I'll actually check, um, you know, uh, I'll check email, I'll check social media, I'll check website stats, um, that kind of thing. But I won't do that until my morning routine is complete. After that, I'll go to the office. I usually work at my office until about three o'clock or four o'clock. I'll come home, depending on how I feel. I'll take a nap, uh, usually usually around thirty per week. Um, oh, before I leave the office, if it is a lifting day, then I will spend thirty to forty-five minutes doing two to four exercises. So I don't go crazy with my lifting workouts. I'm really focusing more on consistency and I've been way more successful at that as opposed to trying to destroy my body with every workout. And then, um, the evening from there is, 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 is not totally structured. Sometimes I'll be working. Sometimes I will be doing a workout. Sometimes, um, I'll be going on a walk. But uh, by the time I get I start getting ready for bed, I uh, my my wife and I usually go into the bedroom around nine or nine fifteen, and then I'll leave around. You know, once she's been settled, I'll go into my office. I'll meditate for anywhere from ten, sometimes thirty minutes, um, which is where I just sit on the floor. And I, you know, I don't really have a specific focus with meditation. Um, sometimes it is focused on breathing. Sometimes it is just letting my monkey brain um, run wild until it shuts up. Um, but uh, I, I meditate every night and then I will sleep. And I usually sleep for um, at least eight and a half hours per night. I am having a child in July, though, so I am prepared for that change. <laughs> um I but knew yeah, that, that is pretty much my. Uh... I knew that, and congratulations. I can Thank tell you. you, Dean. I slept Thank like you. you did until I had my two kids, and my sleep has never been the same since. I hope it's different for you, my friend. Oh man. <laughs> well, my my white hairs hope so as well. <laughs> All right, listen. Thanks for being on again. We are definitely gonna do something 
you know, you're in a, you're in Texas. I'm in New Jersey. As soon as the weather gets a little warmer here, we're going to do something, whether it's another podcast or another little stream yard, just to, to pique people's interest on, on gardening and what people can do and how important it is. Well, gardening. We're going to do that. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. any last yes. words? You too can spend $500 a month on your water bill. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Well, you know. I don't have to. In New Jersey, we we're, we don't get the 108 degree temperature that you get. So, so we I, I at times don't have to yeah. water my garden for almost an entire summer. So, but uh, yeah, I just I just don't tell her the bill. I handle that. And there's no <laughs> there's no conversation. All right. Any last words, Dean? Um. Yeah. If you're trying to get started with yoga. You know, use my resources. <laughs> it makes it really does make it a lot easier. I think I've, something I didn't touch on is most people say that learning from one of my videos and learning from a yoga instructor in person, and that surprises a lot of people. Um, but I make my content so that it's easy to learn if you're new. And uh, as far as getting started goes, you don't need to do that much at first. It's much better that you get started with, you know, one or two poses a day and, and make it a habit rather than committing to, you know, an hour long workout every day. So just figure out how it can easily work into your schedule realistically and get started with a couple of poses and you can build from there. Hopefully you find some stuff that works for you um, within those few minutes that you're you're doing yoga and you like it enough to keep keep going and, and make it more uh, make it make it more. Great. Well, thanks, Dean. My name is Dr. Noah DeCorey, your co-host, and you're listening to the Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast. If you like what you've heard today, please share this with your friends and family and encourage them to subscribe on iTunes. You can sign up for our incredible weekly email at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com. Thank you, and as my oldest son Hayden says, be awesome and never unawesome. Hello, it's Dr. Noah, and I'm back. I suspect you loved listening to this week's podcast release. Our book of the month is simply incredible and in our estimation a book everyone needs to read. Cancer and the New Biology of Water by author Dr. Thomas Cowan should be on your super short list. Dr. Cowan has been on our podcast twice, wants to talk about Dr. Cowan's garden, his nutrient-dense, nutrient-diverse vegetable powders, and most recently on November 11, 2019 to discuss his newest book. The link to purchase the book will be in our weekly newsletter and on our social media posted and sent throughout the entire month. Our product of the month is the Juve Red Light Therapy Device. Photobiomodulation has been shown to assist with pain and inflammation release, fitness, training, and muscle recovery, and hormone regulation to highlight a few of its near countless benefits. As I mentioned, I own a Juve Mini and Juve Go and use them every day. My skin has never looked better, and I certainly recover faster from my workouts. On October 8th, 2018, I interviewed the co-owner, Scott Nelson. I highly encourage you to listen and learn more about all the benefits of red light therapy using the juve. The supplement of the month for February 2020 is vitamin D3 boost. It is pretty mainstream now how important vitamin D3 is to your overall health and wellness. What is not mainstream is the nutritional facts that vitamin D3 needs a few other cofactors, vitamins, and minerals to enhance its effectiveness. Recognizing this, we set out to formulate the gold standard for vitamin D3 supplement. Vitamin D3 Boost has the most active form of vitamin D, as well as vitamin K2, magnesium, and a little bit of MCT oil to enhance the absorption of these fat-soluble vitamins. 
This is truly a world-class vitamin D3 formulation. You can check out the spec sheet and research articles on our website. The 10% discount code for the month of February, and remember, it's Kate Sensitive. It's VITD10. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listen, listening, and be awesome and never unawesome. <laughs>